0: fm to get started joker movie begins its box office domination by crushing october thursday records we're breaking down the birds of prey trailer and james gunn teases the beginning of his next little project Oi! oh let's go today on dc movie news welcome to popcorn talk featuring movie discussion news and interviews popcorn talk we talk movies and now Here's Popcorn Talks, D.C. Who are they doing? Mm-hmm. In the great hall of the Justice League, <laughs> there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes. You got it. Created I believe in you. Just like universe. we talked about. Uh, Wonder Twin Powers,
1: activate. Form of Lake Winnipesaukee.
0: Form of a jet ski. Da-da! Did we do it? I don't even care anymore. Where's I just Lake feel
1: Lino-Bosaki?
0: like. You know what? I feel like maybe I'm the one who's wrong. I'm always expecting you to come around to my conformist uh, idea of what the Wonder Twins should be. And really, Break I should just out. be complimenting you.
1: Thank you. Just think outside the box.
0: I will say, though, traditionally it's the uh, male Wonder Twin that forms, forms bodies of water. water. But yeah. you know what? You're close. You know what? I see blue. Is it weird that you're my Wonder Twin sister and I'm a jet ski and I will be essentially. Riding on you?
1: Mm, Yes, yes, I do think that's weird. But no, weird that I pointed it out or weird free zone. Okay, guys.
0: Hey, everybody! Welcome to a very, very, very exciting edition of the Popcorn Talks DC movie news. Why exciting? Because. It's only every once in a while that we get a DC movie and we got one.
1: This is going to be the dopest show. Yes, we miss Mike Kalinowski, but we've got a Joker spoiler-free review we're doing at the top. We're doing a Joker spoiler-filled review at the bottom. Yes. We've got Suicide Squad news. We had that Birds of Prey trailer. So much. We have so much stuff for Crisis on Infinite Earths. I don't even know how more news could possibly come out about this it's just a big news here on. And I would like to talk
0: Titans. I would like to talk Titans. I know you
1: want to talk Titans. I love talking Titans.
0: Titans. Um, who cares who I am? I'm Adam Gurler. I I'm here. I'm excited. I can't even get the words out of my mouth. I'm joined by the crown jewel herself, the worst wonder twin, Roxy Stryer is here.
1: If I'm the worst wonder twin, then why do you want to ride me so bad, Adam? Mm.
0: Just let
1: that sit there. So Sitting there. Thanks
0: to Roxy Stryer, I was able to see Joker on Tuesday night at a screening with a lot of people that you recognize from other TV pundit kind of sites and stuff like that.
1: For sure. It was an excellent... Excellent screening environment. There was a lot of the people that you guys go to see, their reviews and Mm -hmm. reactions to the movies. But luckily, all three of us were able to go. So thank you so much to Warner Brothers and DC, Mm -hmm. especially Sarah and Liza and Marlena over there. We really appreciate the love and support. Uh, And so we were able to see Joker on Tuesday. But do not worry. We will not give any spoilers until we announce that we will give spoilers. And that will be at the end. That will be post-TV time. Yes.
0: Um, First thing I want to bring up is the fact that yes, this movie is clearly controversial. Um, The reviews are coming out and they are certainly mixed. I think probably more positive from 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 uh, audiences, but it is not slowing down the box office. This is such a huge thing on so many levels because this was a huge experiment with DC films from Warner Brothers, right? Can they put out something independent, outside canon, rated R, not specifically based on a specific comic, and make it successful, and with a $13 million Thursday night preview, smashing expectations and beating Venom's previous record of $10 I think the answer... Domestically. Domestic, that is domestic. Um, I believe the international number was something like uh, 25 or something, or um, uh, I will check back on that, but but, but the answer is a resounding yes. This movie is already uh, fiscally viable. It's going to make upwards of ninety five, maybe even crack $100 million over the weekend because people want to talk about this movie.
1: Uh, what I thought was really fascinating is looking at Lion King. I know that is such a strange thing to look at, but pulling in $23 million in July for that Thursday, thinking about the fact that this movie pulled in over half of what Lion King, the massive... Bohemus, that is Lion King. So Joker is a movie to be taken extremely seriously here at the box office. So
0: wait, wait, when you say wait, it, it did better on Thursday nights than um than Lion King. Did? No, no, I'm
1: saying it pulled in half of what Lion uh, King oh, did oh, on okay, Thursday night, right, and that's huge. Right. Like Lion King, you think of Lion King as one of the biggest movies of the year, right? Yes, that absolutely. Is a, that is a movie that went on to make over a billion dollars. Yes. So the fact that we're even pulling in half on that Thursday night, so we don't even need word of mouth. We it, it's not. Not like Lion King where you could take all friends and family at all ages. This is a very specific group of people who can see this. Although, Adam, I have been seeing horror stories about people taking their children to this movie. I don't understand why you would do that to somebody. But a lot of children uh, seem to slip into this theater. But wow, oh wow, is this a huge success for them on Thursday night with 13.3 million. Like you said, bigger than Venom, a movie that went on to blow other comic book movies out of the water. Despite having not the best uh Critic reception. So,
0: yeah, um, I saw somebody in the chat world just said, "Wow, it's going to be crazy if Joker makes more than Justice League." I don't think there's a big if
1: there. You think for sure Joker will make more than Justice League by next week?
0: Wow! After it's in the box office 10 days, this movie is going to make crushing money because it has struck that chord where it is a film that people want to talk about. Um, You mentioned the critical response, and I listened to uh, uh, NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, and most of those critics were pretty mixed on it, but I get the feeling that with a movie like this, and I kind of talked about this on the show before, people are coming with their knives out because the response was so strong at Venice, and they're judging it, from a really high bar, they're not even approaching this film like a Captain America movie or, or or a comic book movie or something like that. like it's a there's a lot more meat on the bones of this film.
1: yeah, because a lot of people are referring to this Adam as a horror movie. Which brings a whole different element. A lot of people looking at it as a character study, which I definitely think that it is. With all of the different words being thrown around with this, uh, and also it being in the, the Oscar buzz contender area, there's just so much to unpack here. Uh, and I agree. I've been listening to many different podcasts, hearing people's take on this. Okay. And it has been very mixed. Yeah. Now, I believe we are certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, but mm-hmm. we're in the 60s. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. not in the 70s, 80s, or 90s, so it's not like it's getting absolute tens but, across the board.
0: I think this really betrays the flaw in Rotten Tomatoes uh, system, though, because for a movie to be 89 percent it just means that your review is positive, which means that you could feel a movie could be pretty good, and that's the strategy that, that Disney takes with their films is that they're four-quadrant and they're popcorn, and they come out... Uh, happy if somebody feels strong you, you could feel stronger about this film positively or negatively and you 're going to get a negative rotten tomatoes review but i but it, i don 't think it really speaks to The quality of a film when you look at that percentage number.
1: I absolutely agree. And I do want to take this time, though, to say, guys, we are so curious. What are your thoughts on this movie? Do not right now give any spoilers in the live chat or in the comments below because be respectful to your fellow fans who have not seen this yet. But how did you feel about the film? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Are you somewhere in between? Make sure that you rate, comment, subscribe. Let us know your thoughts. Right now in the live chat, which, by the way, is every single Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific time on Popcorn Talks YouTube, we have Sean cow 26 in the super chat. We really appreciate your super chat. He says, Arthur Fleck, A. Fleck. Affleck, I love this cut. And you guys, thank you. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, talk about whether Arthur Fleck was a reference to Ben Affleck, the name. I mean, it
0: must be, right? I
1: think that there's no way they missed that. So that's kind of funny. Uh, also, other comments going on in the chat right now. Pocket Rocket Raccoon says Roxy is certified fresh for life. So I just wanted to make sure that that was clear to you, Adam.
0: Pocket Rocket Raccoon is clearly not in the same room just I so am. You, just so you're okay. uh, clear. But mm-hmm. then you,
1: Jax, did say that I'm not aware wonder twin so you know we've got both sides of the fence on this argument just like we've got both sides of the of the joker argument right now to me what i'm hearing from people who did not enjoy this movie mm-hmm. adam is that it's too disturbing for them or that it didn't need to get made or that they didn't think that this movie uh ha- had that feel good thing they were looking for not feel good a, thing oh, yeah. not from a joker movie but for movies in general I am on in such a different camp than that, and I I would love to hear from you as well. But to me, this movie was brilliant. This movie was strong. This movie made huge choices. It had incredible direction and performances. The soundtrack was out of this world. The score was incredible and the soundtrack, yeah. Uh, I just, I loved this movie. I did feel icky as crap. Yeah. And that was the point. So uh, definitely fresh in Roxy's camp. How about you, Adam?
0: This is a really... Um, I've been really critical every time they say they're making a film about a villain, right? Because usually what you get is an anti-hero story. Uh, Suicide Squad, Venom, you know, they're heroes in their film. This is a film about the making of a homicidal murderer, about if Batman Begins is is sort of asking the question, how would Batman work in the real world? Even though that trilogy had a Joker, this to me is much more like a Joker Begins. How would that happen? If somebody is a homicidal maniac and dressing up as a clown, how would that play out in a real world? World. For most of this film, I'm not thinking there's a Green Lantern in this world. Okay, I'm not even thinking there's a Batman in this world. By the end of the film, I'm begging for Batman. Like, I need a hero. Uh, Save us. Yeah, this
1: is scary. Yeah.
0: Um. So I think this film succeeds in making um a hero that you a, a villain that you do feel sympathetic for in the in the beginning, but then you don't. And the question is. And the reason, you know, people are saying, like, did this need to be made in this environment? And I thought, well, listen, let's look at, like, the biggest villains that we have that you can compare the Joker to, which is, like, a shooter situation, right? Awful, right? This, this rash that we have of people who are mentally ill going in and shooting up schools and shooting up public places, right? It's terrifying. Um, but nobody is born e- evil. And a lot of people are attributing that to mental illness. So that's the allegory that this film, film poses. This is like saying, like, here's a mentally ill person that for whatever reason falls through the cracks and ends up doing incredibly vile things. And and I think the same is probably true with some of the biggest, um, you know... Uh, villains uh, on the planet. The villains that we've experienced, and I'm not talking necessarily about, like, organized terrorist cells or things like that, but these individuals that are operating... Um, There's that, comments that are, in the
1: chat talking about Schindler's List right now, Alan Rousset mentioned, mm-hmm. so we're talking about the Hitlers of the world, right. the people, the real-life people who end up becoming these horrible, villainous characters. It's, it's just
0: an interesting thing. It doesn't mean that you're meant to feel sympathy for the person. I'm certainly not cheering for Joker in this movie. Um, you know, I'm not wanting him to succeed, I, but I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that read, read comics for the heroes, you know, but this certainly creates an incredible villain story and it's an incredible piece of acting.
1: Yeah. I agree with that. Here's a comment that I want to respond to because we're getting this a lot. Ivan Soto says, I don't want a Joker that's sympathetic to me. This movie in no way, shape or form did that. I at no point was sitting and thinking to myself, He's the good guy. I feel awful for him. That is not what this movie did. That is not how I interpreted it. I I so, so don't think that this movie was created to make us feel bad for him or feel sympathy for the Joker. And I don't understand how you could walk out of this movie feeling that way based off of what ends up happening. So I I know that people have been talking about, does this movie humanize him? Well, let's break that down for a second. He's not from a different planet. You know, He's not an an alien. He's not of a different species. He is a human. So it talks about how he became who he is. Absolutely. Humanize him? No. Because that means that we're feeling that sympathy, that empathy, and that's not what it sets out to do. It does show his human path to becoming this villain, but it does not make us feel an Or at least did not make me feel like, oh, I'm rooting for this guy now at all.
0: You know, and I think and and I certainly respect your opinion, Roxy, your opinion, anybody's opinion. I, I I would encourage us to be able to have a different opinion about a movie, about a piece of art, about a political candidate and be able to go back and forth and listen to open your ears and listen to the other person. So whether it's empathy or apathy, as somebody pointed out in the comments, I'm interested in understanding why someone is going to stand in a hotel room and open fire on a crowd of innocent people, okay? Do I think they're a good person? Do I sympathize with them? No, but I think... As a society. How
1: did it happen?
0: How did it happen? Why did it happen? And how we can, how can we stop it? So what good films do, do what science fiction always d- does is makes us Ask the questions that are most challenging in society through a fictional allegory. Here we're using a comic book character, right? Something that we can relate to, something that has existed, a character that's existed in fiction for 40 years. And I know that the critics of this film are saying, well, yeah, it really hits it over the head. And yeah, it's overly derivative of King of Comedy. But again, I think that's unimportant. Is it the best movie ever? No. But it's, 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 it's a strong, swing at a a genre that doesn't get taken seriously all the time. Today's comments by Morton Scorsese uh, point that out. Like, a lot of people think of comic book movies as, like, you know, uh, amusement park rides, and I I see that point of view. Um, And I I enjoy going on those amusement park rides. I'm I'm okay with that, you know? Not everything needs to make you hurt. Not all art needs to make you feel uncomfortable, as this film
1: does. I think that that... That's a great point. And the other thing is that you don't have to see this movie. You don't have to like that this movie was made. You don't have to think it should have been made. But I think if you go into the movie and you decide to watch the movie, then try to give it a fair shake. Because if you are choosing to see this movie and you've already decided that you dislike the concept, you dislike what they're doing, you're going to hate this movie no matter what, then you're wasting your time. Don't don't check it out. A lot of the people that I have seen give this a negative review, I feel like really, truly made up their mind before they walked into the theater. So either don't go or go in with an open mind and then either decide to like it or not. That's not just with this movie. That is with all movies. Um, But I think if you're going to see it, then give it a fair shakedown. Same with me, when I go and see for work, I'll see Mel Gibson movies, right? You guys yeah. know how I feel about him You're but,
0: going in with a bias, which but, yeah. but I
1: but when I decide to see the movie, I think I have to check that at the door. If I'm gonna review the movie, if I'm gonna see the movie and honestly see how it is, then I have to leave that bias at the door. And it's the reason why I gave Hacksaw Ridge an excellent score because the movie is fantastic, regardless of what I thought about the creator. So this isn't that same issue with the creator, but with the content, check your bias at the door if you're going to go see it and talk about it.
0: I agree. And I I do want to... um do bring up what our uh, partner in crime who's not here, Mike Kalinowski and apologies to you guys. He's just really busy with work right now, but Mike was not as pro on this film as I was heading into it. I, I suspected I was going to love this film. Mike was not into this idea of this film. He was more on the side, I believe, and I don't want to speak for him. Of like, I don't need to feel sympathy for that guy, and why do I need that movie? And and he was he, he was also blown had away. Said
1: multiple times, this isn't the movie for me. You know, this isn't the movie. Not that my I'm, kind of movie. It's not yeah. my kind of movie. And I will say, remember, Adam, an hour and fifteen minutes into the movie, he still was like, eh, yeah, I'm eh on it. And then that last half hour takes off, and he was feeling like this movie was incredible. Uh, he can talk more about it when he does return, but he was very yeah. happy with the movie.
0: I kind of feel the same way, where it was like, I was feeling more icky than enjoyment until the end of the film. And that's not to say like it still wasn't dark, but the way they sort of brought certain things together and give you these real moments... Um, and just you know, Joaquin Phoenix's ridiculous dancing was so uh, up my alley because, I mean, it's just absurd dancing, and like I'm you, always you might down see for in that. The
1: trailers and you whatnot. do see a
0: lot of that, and I, you know, I, I mean, and Francis Conroy playing uh, the mother, and uh, I forget the actor that plays Thomas Wayne. There's and a gr- Zazie
1: beats as well, and Robert De Niro. Yeah,
0: I mean, but all those characters, well performed, are there to support this tour de force, singular performance. Joaquin is pretty much in every frame of this movie. It does it exists through his point of view. And without getting into spoiler territory, point of view uh, is a big part of the telling of this film and is also a level of debate which you can have because um, how reliable is the narrator? Uh, which is always something that is interesting in fiction. And, it, and it's also been used to great effect in wonderful films. And that is a question that I have, you know, there are some things to debate, which maybe we'll go into more in the spoiler part of the uh, review.
1: Right, so I know we have to move forward, Adam, just remember that if you want to stick around for the spoiler-filled part of this review, which we are going to do a spoiler five minutes at the end of this episode, it will be after TV time, so the very last thing we do will be a spoiler-filled review of Joker, but until then, we still have a ton of other news to get to, Adam. Like this Kimmel situation.
0: Okay, so speaking of um, promoting Joker, I don't know if a lot of you saw this, but uh, Joaquin Phoenix was on Jimmy Kimmel, and there was, um, you know, he talked about How he had a great time playing, um, you know, uh, Joker in the film. And then um, Jimmy Kimmel was like, oh, really? You had a good time? Because, um, well, this clip came in um, for that Todd Phillips sent in. And it was this. Todd
1: Phillips sent in this clip to Jimmy Kimmel to play during the Joaquin Phoenix Jimmy Kimmel interview.
0: Yes. Uh, And during the clip, it was sort of a behind the scenes when he was in the makeup and Joker was kind of. Going off on and kind of being a little uh, abrasive with the presumably the director of photography, yeah. I believe, or, or one of the crew members, and he was getting really worked up and like you know I, I'm just trying to find something real here and I and I know and I I know you started the whole share thing implying that people on the crew were referring to him as share. So, this is the quote. Okay, tell me the quote. You better get the share part right because that's my favorite.
1: <laughs> the constant whispering. Just shut the up dude i'm trying to like find something real bleep dude f sorry f it's just it's not a big deal it's not a big deal yeah it kind of is i know you said that to the, himself by the way it's
0: not not a big deal well a, yeah it kind of is it kind
1: of is i know you started the share thing larry making fun of me like i'm a diva it's not even an insult share really singer (laughs) actor dancer fashion icon how's that a insult i can't do this man so um why so serious it was pretty serious it was pretty serious okay Uh, now we 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 disagree about
0: this a little bit roxy so uh,
1: i i don't know i would love to hear share's response
0: uh, my my opinion on this is that it was totally set up, and I do believe it was taken from during the production of the film, but I 100% believe Joaquin Phoenix was in on it. If you remember him doing the weird-ass David Letterman interview for I'm Not There, um, he was totally in on it, and I know that they do pre-interviews, and there's no way that Jimmy Kimmel was going to put Joaquin Phoenix out there on Front Street. And the fact that people are buying this is great Andy Kaufman live performance art meta Joker, um, on the late night talk show stuff. This is exactly the kind of thing you do to promote this film. Remember
1: that Todd Phillips, last week, as we talked about on the show, came out saying, or maybe it was two weeks ago, that Joaquin Phoenix was often walking off the set and actors were feeling really upset because he wouldn't explain why he was leaving and he just wasn't into the take. And all the other actors were feeling like they did a bad job, but really this was just his... Way of really diving into the character. So Todd Phillips has been dropping seeds like this throughout the process about how intense Joaquin has been on the set and finally showing this video. It's not the first time, Adam, and that would probably play into your theory that this is all planned and that they have been setting this up for a bit.
0: Uh, MK Songbird uh, says, uh, Hey guys. Uh, by uh, Entertainment Weekly, that reel, which was Phoenix's, publicist told EW that that was a joke outtake. I, I mean, I definitely think it was a joke outtake. I, I, I even Joaquin's response was very much an actor acting to me too. Like I, I didn't even buy it. But
1: I, I see. Here's the thing: I don't disagree with you in any way, Adam. I think we're okay. on the exact same page. I just don't know if I like it. I don't know if I oh. like the move. I think that, it, like, trying to trick.
0: But but don't you think that a lot An of the stuff... audience
1: into thinking that this is how he is on set, I just don't but know. But it's
0: very meta, and I think even the, the, the Todd Phillips, like, nasty comments, I think all of that just... Really helps the bottom line of this movie,
1: possibly. I mean, I I really think
0: I think what we're seeing from Todd Phillips, you know, saying that comedy's dead and all this. I I mean, maybe I'm buying too into it, but I think this is all. And look at the results. Look at the box office for this film, which is a relatively low budget film. I I mean, I think everybody's played into their their hands on this one. That's
1: really true. Uh, You know, Adam. Though what's crazy about this week is. We not only had a movie to discuss, but we also have a trailer. So I feel like we got to get to that.
0: Yeah, because you know, with this movie opening Friday, I guess they have to release the trailer. And we talked about this. We actually nailed it dead on on the show where we said, "Oh, before it," which we got a little something before it. But the real trailer for Birds of Prey came here. Uh, We actually have a trailer reaction that does feature Mike Kalinowski, um, and you could find that. Ryan, where can they find that trailer reaction? Can you can find that on the Popcorn Talk YouTube channel. It was uploaded two days ago, I believe.
1: I love how well our trailer reactions have been doing. That you guys care about seeing how we react to these. This is freaking awesome. Yeah, you
0: know, and I sometimes feel bad that there's like not a lot of talking because like when we do them, at least when I've done them, every time it's the first time I'm seeing the trailer. That's, so. what,
1: that's why I didn't do one this time. I had already seen it before I realized uh-huh. that we had to do it. And I I don't want to be inauthentic. So right. I love because then love it's a
0: commentary and not a
1: reaction. And I love that there's not a lot of talking. This is genuinely us watching the trailers. So based off of that, Adam, to me, it seemed like you guys both were in on this trailer, yeah, but yeah, not blown away by the trailer. I think
0: that's totally fair to say. I think a lot of the suspicions I've had about this movie is that it was, was going to be kind of Deadpool-like, and that Harley Quinn was going to be narrating to us, the audience, in the same kind of way.
1: Breaking of the Fourth Wall?
0: Breaking of the Fourth Wall. Um, now, I guess it's a little different if it's done with a voiceover versus someone being on camera and, like, looking at you, which I I suspect it will be, and that's why we heard, like, some people were criticizing it for being too much like Deadpool, but... That's a trope that existed in comics. Like, I remember in the John Byrne run of She-Hulk, that was the first time I saw that done in a comic, where She-Hulk, where they did a more comic take, uh, more, you know, sort of funny take on She-Hulk uh, in the 90s, I think. And, like, she's talking to you. So, we've seen it before. I don't think it's a rip-off of Deadpool. I think it's a it's a, it's a a viable trope. People are going to compare it to it. Uh, I, I think the trailer was very Harley Quinn-heavy, um, but I also think it... Fabulous
1: emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yeah,
0: um and I think I was telling Mike this too I think like it would be too much at this point to really get into like who's Black Canary and Huntress because nobody knows who those people are we know Margot Robbie we know Harley Quinn we're gonna meet the Birds of Prey and they're gonna be a huge part of the film and we're gonna get more trailers as it comes on. what do you think?
1: I felt like this trailer was totally solid, not great. There was nothing about it that made me say, oh, previously I was on this level of excitement for the movie, and now I'm on the next level. Mm -hmm. I just kind of stayed where I was, which is fine. Uh, I think that the next trailer has a little more pressure on it to say, uh, this is why you need to see the movie. The thing that I was most excited about, though, Adam, is we've talked about it on the show before with Ewan McGregor. A lot of people were nervous that Ewan McGregor's black mask was going to be too flamboyant, that right. it was going to be a caricature of somebody of the LGBTQ community. Right. And I felt like from the very few snippets that we saw that Ewan McGregor did an excellent job and that it was not too flamboyant in any way, shape, or form. So whether it was reshoots like people were claiming it was or that was the original performance, in general. I just think that I, I was really happy that we did not see a incredibly over-the-top Ewan McGregor LGBTQ plus performance.
0: That was too camp, some might say. Yeah, uh, some, I'm not gonna... some, some
1: might. Some might. Those people don't live on this side of the pond, but some might.
0: <laughs> um, I will say it moved the needle for me in a more positive direction for the film. Um, oh, good. Uh, so you know b- microscopically not not a tremendous amount but i'm I'm excited for this film. I love the fact that the two d c movies in a row are a Joker film and a Harley film like we're 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 in Gotham but not exactly, you know. Um no Batman in sight. Still uh 2 years away from actual Batman, but we know it's coming, which I think is so cool. Um I also think now we're really starting to see the diversity in the styles of these films. So that the one thing you're not going to ever be able to say about uh, a Warner Brothers DC movie is that they're always the same. They always have the same flavor. Which is
1: the one main critique for Marvel movies for the last several years is that it's, uh, it seems to be a Marvel film. This is another Marvel film. Right. The, they're kind of playing by their own game, their own rules. And like we've talked about many times again, Adam, hitting singles. Here's a single. Here's a single. Here's like, you know, we're just focusing on this one right now. Then we're focusing on this one. Yeah, I
0: mean, Aquaman was a knockout, blockbuster, huge success. A lot of people had problems with it as a film. Not one of my favorites, but a lot of people do like it. And I think that's great. I think Joker is going to be a film that... Some people are already saying it's their favorite movie of the year, and some people are saying it's terrible. I I mean, that's great to have a film where you have people on either side. This is clearly uh, a female empowerment film um, that it appears to be uh, a caper with a sense of humor. If it can deliver great action, great humor um, with like all these female leads and and Ewan McGregor as a great villain... Man, I will be so stoked. pleased. Me I will too. be really stoked. I, I just say like my expectations are still I just don't know where they should be, you know? I agree. So yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts on that.
1: I feel you on that. Well, another movie that's shaping up to be quite interesting that we've got a little bit of news and or an image for, uh, is this James Gunn story, Adam.
0: Yes. Yeah, so James Gunn puts out a little picture. I oh, oh. Let's go, uh, implying that they are about to go into production on this little Suicide Squad film.
1: This is a, a very reminiscent of Firefest. Do you remember?
0: What? Oh, because the orange title.
1: <laughs> I saw it and was like, "Oh boy, oh, no. uh, we've got another one, guys!" Suicide. The Suicide Squad is all one big scam doesn't actually ever take place. We've made it up. <laughs> Come see our movie. You get there, and there's a bunch of ham sandwiches.
0: Oh, man. No, there's there's definitely going to be plenty of ham in this film with Nathan Fillion and Pete Davidson uh, and this whole cast. I was also talking to Mike Kalinowski about this, who is, you know what? I'm really starting to get excited for this Suicide Squad film. I'm like, I've been excited since they announced James Gunn. I mean, this is this is really, really exciting. And this is going to be in the same year that we get Uh, The Batman. We're getting The Suicide Squad and The Batman in the same year. Right. So, like, this trajectory for Warner Brothers DC, you know, um, next year we've got Birds of Prey and we've got Wonder Woman. The following year we've got Suicide Squad and... And the Batman, and, you know, whatever other little smaller Vertigo, other kind of little Things films Things that we end are, up doing. Yeah.
1: So, you did mention the Hey Ho Let's Go, uh, which is what the hashtag is, but also a reference to the Ramones song, mm-hmm. uh, and then the self-titled debut album, which helped kickstart the punk rock genre, genre in the United States. So, a nice little nod to the Ramones for any big Ramones fans out there. Uh, um, I think this is saying, like, we're ready. Was okay. that...
0: Was, now, was that one of the songs used in Spider-Man? Because I know this... The last couple of Spider-Man films have had Ramon songs. I can't remember if it was in that or not. I don't
1: remember that taking place in the, in Spider-Man, but maybe.
0: I know it's going to have a, a great soundtrack whatever film comes out. And and James Gunn has also been the biggest proponent recently of just like, hey, guys, shut up with your Marvel versus DC stupidity. Uh, success for one is good for the other. Um, this is a genre that's here to stay and diversity within the genre is only a good thing. Um, but Boom. you know, some people really want to get territorial about their teams, you know, and, and like sports people are like that. I personally am not a sports guy, so I, I don't relate to it, but I, I get it. I, I get am it.
1: a sports gal, but I don't look at this as sports because it's not like there are 50 teams and you that one's from your hometown. It's just such a different game.
0: Yeah, 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 uh, uh, totally. Um, and
1: and and it's also the biggest part is in sports, one team wins, and you can't. Yeah, no,
0: they can't. No, in fact, if one yeah, team wins, win if one team wins here, it's very bad for the industry. If you think about that, like if you have the biggest movie that comes out uh, of all time, and the industry box office sales keep going down, down, that is not good yeah. for so the, the sports, industry. The
1: sports analogy never quite made sense to me because, like, you know, they can all win. We could all be victors.
0: Uh, somebody asked, how was Joker's soundtrack? Good soundtrack. A lot of Frank Sinatra in it.
1: I had a favorite. Well, I'll talk about it in spoiler. Okay, we'll talk about yeah. it
0: in spoiler. Uh, We also want to talk. There are some rumors this week coming out that we will see a Robin character in the Matt Reeves Batman films. Maybe not necessarily in the first one, but somewhere down the line. Uh, this came from, I think we got this covered, which you know, I know some people said, like, don't believe the stuff they say, but they have a pretty good track record with a lot of their recent stories. So yeah, that's true. I do think this makes sense. I don't want to see it in the first film, but I think that's a good idea. You know, I could see Bruce Wayne adopting a kid to bolster his public image um, and, you know, cover Which the fact that. Which is a great that-
1: reason to adopt a child.
0: Right, yeah, a lot of people do that, right? Like, you know, like, look, I'm a good guy. I'm giving it to society. I adopted a kid. No, I'm not good.
1: I mean, I just don't think it's the best of the reasons. But if you can do it, then why don't you go for it? Well, that's
0: the public reason why he does it. That's the cover story. I know. I would like to see a properly done Dick Grayson story um, or even, you know what, I'd even be okay if they went with uh, um, the female Robin that we've seen before. Like, I, it doesn't have to be male or female, but I would love to see that origin uh, with the flying Graysons or something like that. Great. Properly done.
1: Love that. Absolutely yeah. love that. Oh,
0: Le- uh, Lego Batman reference. <laughs> oh, no, no. yeah. Ivan Soto. Yeah, I guess it kind of was.
1: So there's also uh, a lot of talk around town when we're talking about the Batman about who is going to be Catwoman. If there even is a Catwoman, which Adam, I think we both think that there will be a Catwoman. Yes, in I do the think there'll be a Catwoman. Yeah. Movie. So the short list right now. This was coming from uh, the uh, geeks worldwide. So this is just their people mm-hmm. that they're saying on the short list. But I don't know if you have any thoughts about some of these actresses, uh, Lupita Nyong'o being probably the biggest name on the list, as well as Tessa mm-hmm. Thompson um logan browning who i believe was is, was on hit the floor and was in the brats movie okay i'm thinking of the right person uh alexander ship just a, a bunch of people. Uh, mostly, I am seeing that it's women of color. So,
0: yeah, and honestly, listen, that makes sense. Catwoman, you know, it's a it's a, a character that could traditionally have been, you know, someone that like grew up in an urban setting, maybe in a poorer neighborhood, and you know, turned to crime out of necessity. And I see this as a character that Batman encounters and is a criminal. Um, but is not necessarily the main source of his ire in the film and someone he encounters through uh, this noir tale and a relationship that I would like to see build through future films. So I love the idea that you can have a Catwoman and have a smaller part and and build to it.
1: Do you feel like uh, Tessa Thompson could even do this movie?
0: I mean, she seems to be doing a lot.
1: Yeah, just like contract wise, uh, Lapita and Tessa. I mean, they're
0: both major players in Marvel movies, and we see people crossing over, but that does make me not want them as much.
1: Yeah. Anybody that you're dream casting in your head or just kind of, I just, kinda, I, I just don't want a really good actress for the role. You know,
0: Alexandra Shipp comes off as a, as a possibly good choice just because I know she's not working in the Marvel camp anymore. Um, but no, I, I you know beyond that, I couldn't really say. I know she's a good actress, and that's why I would say that. But um, I don't really have. Have uh, any other personal choices? What about yourself?
1: No, honestly, no stake in this game. Would be excited for just somebody who's good and looks kick butt. And uh, yeah, that that's how I feel. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. So though. make sure if you're watching this later that you write in the comments on Apple Podcast or on YouTube, or if you're here in the live chat again Friday 1 p.m. Pacific time on Popcorn Talks YouTube. Love to hear from you guys who you are hoping. Uh, Julia in the chat says Logan Browning. Please. So some love for her. Janelle Monet, Priyanka Chopra. Says Sky Patterson with a list of more. Uh, Zoe Kravitz. Cynthia Erivo.
0: Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Says Zoe Kravitz Casey. is a good move. Black
1: Bantha says Zoe Kravitz as well. I mean, Zoe uh, yeah. Kravitz would be phenomenal. She
0: would. She's got such a great look. And she, like, played that, like, Super yoga instructor on Big Little Lies. Yeah,
1: she is crushing that role.
0: Yeah, so I mean, this is a a very physical role. Uh,
1: I'm excited, and
0: and again, I'm excited for the fact that I don't think that because we're going to see all these villains that it's going to be. Overly crowded. I think they're going to be smaller roles, and not necessarily like you know, in a Batman Forever situation where it feels cramped, or Batman, you know, Batman and Robin, where they're just trying to get as many flashy colors out there. I think they're going to be like like characters, you know, in a noir story. You you encounter these different. People that give you a different clue that take you further down the line to to get to where you're going. Different
1: clues. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, speaking of those clues, Adam, I know that we still want to get to our spoiler-filled review, so we gotta burn through some TV time. Oh, that means that it's time for it's time time for.
0: Oh boy, that was weird. That happened,
1: huh, Ryan? Yeah. Ryan was doing a little remix live.
0: It was it was playing. You dropped a fly ball because the sun ahead. got in your eyes. Yeah. We had a bit of a loose wire.
1: Oh, it's a loose wire. All right. Tons of stuff going on, Adam.
0: So much going on. But, you know, one of the most exciting things going on I got to talk about is, like, this is a great month for DC fans. Guys, in a couple of weeks, we get a series called Watchmen happening on HB freaking O. Boom!
1: shaka laka
0: um dave gibbons is kind of been the opposite of alan moore in that like he is talking and sounding like a normal guy
1: Uh, i feel freaking awful for alan moore i'm sorry i can't help it he's like a dark wizard i just can't help it he just loves his baby he just wants his baby, Adam.
0: Well, all of it. He just has a lot of disdain for the industry I as know. a whole. Like I he know. despises it all, and he's got his point of view. But um, Dave Gimmons is saying, like, this is. Um, not treading over the same territory; that it's totally something unique. And and he was very positive. Do you have any of those uh, specific I quotes? Do not. That he, okay, uh,
1: I do not right now.
0: Uh, but so it was in an interview. I guess there was another Dave Gibbons property that is being uh, made into uh, a possible series. And so obviously people were asking him about Watchmen as well.
1: This was the quote: uh, "Made Fire has been at cutting edge of publishing for years now, using technology to bring comic book stories alive. I'm thrilled to have Treatment be a part of their expansion into film." Treatment is the other thing, right? And look forward to continuing our long and happy association. So that's the project you're talking about. Yes. Um, He also talks about Watchmen a little bit. I do know a little bit about it. I've had (laughs) conversations with Damon and I've read the screenplay for the pilot. I don't think it's my place to say too much about it, other than I found Damon's approach to be really refreshing and exciting and unexpected. I don't think it's going to be what people think it's going to be. It certainly wasn't what I imagined it to be. I think it's extremely fresh. I'm really looking forward to seeing it on the screen.
0: Mm, chat roll. What are you guys thinking? Where is your expectation for this Watchmen series? I right just—I
1: haven't read Watchmen in so long that I barely remember. So I just mm-hmm. ordered. Uh, I just ordered it, Adam, and I'm gonna refresh it up.
0: Oh, it's it's next week. it's one of the most readable comic was, books know, ever. I, it's always I, great to revisit it.
1: It's been over a decade, so uh, that's great. Yeah, I'm excited about that, and I'll I'll keep you guys posted on my 12 issue run. Anyway, oh. uh, next story, Adam. Uh, yes. What do we got? Okay. uh, <laughs> Brandon Routh, uh, I know that we talked about this a little bit last oh, week. Oh, yes, 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 uh, yes. But him and Tyler Hecklin suit up for Superman in their new photo that they posted. We had seen Brandon Routh, which is what we talked about, but we didn't have this duo the two photo of, them. of them, which I know that you seem incredibly excited about. Well, here's the thing.
0: First of all, Tyler Hecklin. Yeah, I don't know, man. Next to Brandon Routh. I feel like Brandon Routh is kind of crushing him right now. the Which one of these guys looks like Superman contest? Like, well, I don't know. He,
1: well, here's the thing. Brandon just looks like more of an adult right now. I don't know how to make that. Like, he just looks like more of an adult. It's like 12
0: years after he played Superman. He's in better shape than he was in when he played Superman. The costume... Looks like that with the Great Kingdom Come Superman symbol. He's got the hair... How do I get this guy appearing as Superman in more than just the five seconds that I'm sure I'm going to get in this crisis? Because I see that image.
1: You know, I got
0: to have more. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more Brandon Routh as Superman is crazy. Let me
1: tell you this, though. I got to interview Tyler Hecklin for Collider Live. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, after that, I want him to be in everything. He is the sweetest person on the planet. He could not have been kinder or cooler or just all of the things. So uh, good for him, and I hope that this. Is, yeah. I, I hope that we get a, a trifecta with Tom Welling. And as well. listen,
0: no disrespect to Tyler. He's uh, he's only played the role as basically a guest star. For, it's like, not, three like he, days. it's <laughs> not like he. It's not like ever actually had a run. There's a lot that goes behind because I was always a fan of Brandon Routh in in that just very boring weird Superman movie. But like, I thought he was a great choice, and we watched him. You know, take on the mantle of Ray Palmer in in the CW series. So he's got there's a lot of history there.
1: More crisis news though, Adam. Oh, we so much more. Okay, forward. so
0: so people were reaching out and saying like, oh, well, I wonder if anybody reached out to uh, Nicholas Cage,
1: right? Uh, and, to which Guggenheim, Mark Guggenheim, well, people, people were upset, saying somebody said Mark Guggenheim, do it, you coward. Not really, you're awesome. Hashtag oh. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Talking about reaching out to Nicholas right, Cage. Right. To which Guggenheim responded, What makes you think we didn't reach out? Out, with the tongue out, winky face.
0: Right, and, and, and they may have, but we've also seen like you know people like Michael
1: Rosenbaum? Is it the uh, Lex yeah. Luthor
0: from Smallville? Like, he... We
1: talked about that Twitter last okay, week. Okay, okay. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So, he was like, yeah, they reached out. Obviously, there's not, like, a lot of money or anything. Not like Nick Cage wouldn't just do it to do it. I feel like...
1: He's the kind who would. Do you think there's to. a chance
0: that you see Nick Cage in this in this crossover?
1: I think there's a chance we hear Nick Cage. I don't know if we're gonna see him, but some kind of, like...
0: He's just weird enough to do it. It would <laughs> be know. so cage to do I really, I'm choosing to believe we're going to see Nick Cage in this That'd crossover. That truly,
1: truly wild. Uh, okay, moving forward, uh, Stephen Amell was teasing something with an Avengers meme, Adam?
0: <sighs> yeah, so uh, uh, Amell looked all beat up and he put out this image, you know, meant to conjure the uh, uh, memory of Tony Stark at the end of Avengers Endgame, game, um, sort of setting up the idea, like you know, which a lot of us suspect is this: we're gonna see, you know, um, the arrow make the ultimate sacrifice.
1: Yeah, because that's what we seem to have set up from last season as mm-hmm. well. And uh, he says there are no easy days on the crossover with the hand and his face. I
0: thought for sure we'd see him get killed in the crossover, but then when you put this obvious image, it makes me second guess that.
1: I don't know. I really don't know. Do you
0: think? Do you think um, he goes down or? During the
1: crisis? Mm, If I had to guess, my answer is now no. Okay. Although it was yes before. Ask me tomorrow.
0: Okay, great. Um, okay, so we have a couple of new series that were announced for HBO Max. One uh, that we're hearing is an Adam Strange series uh, and the other one is DMZ which stands for a Demilitarized Zone, which is uh, a DC but not like in-canon DC and it takes place in a post-apocalyptic New York City and that is coming from Ava DuVernay who's currently working on New Gods.
1: Which is interesting because we keep throwing her titles and she keeps can- saying no yet you know she's been very choosy with which dc title she ends up picking so the fact that she wants to do this dmz series uh, it's exciting that we're getting a pilot for it. i don't know much about dmz
0: i don't either but it feels like um this isn't like a superhero series so even though yeah it may technically be dc it's a vertigo it's a vertigo right so yes it's tangentially related but it's not like it doesn't get judged or looked at the same way uh, up until today, I was thinking, man, DC Universe is really doomed. They're not announcing anything new for DC Universe. And then just today, coming out of New York Comic Con, I heard about this Bizarro Anthology series that was announced, which apparently... Bizarro
1: TV. Yeah,
0: Bizarro TV, which which is not necessarily about Bizarro, me, M, Superman, uh, enemy guy. No,
1: it's being described as a mixed media series.
0: Yeah, animation, live action. Sounds really kind of cool. Using a lot of like characters like Creeper and things like that. A
1: showcase of experience styles and creative voices and visions that will be a mix of live action and animation, and like you talked about with some of the characters, very strange, uh, interesting.
0: Yeah, um, briefly, I just want to say I know I don't think you're on Titans this season, but I got to know not so far. I got to know who are my Titans people because I freaking love this season of television. This is to me what a great. Um, superhero show can and should be on a TV budget. They unabashedly let them wear their costumes, sometimes. Nightwing's taking a little long to get there. Um, the Deathstroke is so great. The, uh, episode four, um, the Aqualad episode, has one of the sickest beginnings to an episode of television ever.
1: Adam, let me ask you this. Yes. I thought season one was fine. I love Doom Patrol, thought yeah. Titans was fine. Yeah, Should I watch t- Titans season two? Oh
0: my god, yes, because Titans, the, Titans season one wasn't Titans. Okay. It was like Dick Grayson and a couple of people. No, they're all together. They're in Titans Tower. Um, guys, no, and it's great. They're, they're, they're using their powers. Raven is sick, Starfire um hawk and dove are great like jason todd it's it's great i i I enjoy it i'd say like more i haven't enjoyed a dc show this much since like you know maybe the first couple of seasons of flash which i thought were really great but i certainly think it's up there and then the fact that it's more mature i think it's great
1: i will say that the chat is super duper agreeing with you but now it is time adam it's not time for Titans anymore. It is time for our spoiler spoiler alert. Oh. Spoiler review. So I will give everybody alert. the next 10 seconds spoiler to alert. tune out if you've not seen The Joker, if you do not want spoilers, leave now. Come back to this later on after you have seen it. We are about to spoil The Joker movie for you. Spoiler review.
0: Don't let The spoilery digital door hit you on your spoiler butt on the way out this room.
1: What he said. All right, Adam. So we just saw the Joker on Tuesday of this week. We have seen it one time. And we have thoughts on the Joker with the spoilers once again. How do you feel?
0: spoiler, at the end of this film, he's the Joker. That's a good point. Big spoiler.
1: spoiler what we had talked about previously on this show... Oh,
0: big spoiler so here. So this is a
1: real big spoiler. We had previously talked on this show about Arthur Fleck being the son of Thomas Wayne.
0: Which I was so against! Which you I were hated incredibly
1: it. against. I was okay with. Mike was also against that. What we found out was, in fact, that he was not the son of Thomas no, Wayne. Oh, he that was not. He, that his mother... Was crazy.
0: Well, wait, 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 but, 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 yes, but this is also something that is potentially not true. I still think in this movie there is an argument to be made that he is in fact the son of Thomas Wayne.
1: Well, I don't know if you are wrong, but based off of this and timeline-wise, it wasn't adding up. Think about how old Bruce was in this.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: There, there must have been thirty-year gap between the two of them.
0: Sure, sure, but and the reason I say that it's. What I alluded to before was that this film employs an unreliable narrator, uh, much like we've seen in film like Fight Club. Right? There are certain scenes that happen in this film that were accepted that later we realized did not play out as they actually play out. Scenes with Zazie Beats. So
1: uh, the Zazie Beat part worked for me so well. Did yes. you like oh, what they did with Zazie? Totally,
0: because I was like, wait, why what, was she in? Why him? is she in? <laughs>
1: what is she doing? This like gorgeous educated mom oh my
0: God. God, she was like looking out with a kid and she does the gun to her and head and then he does it, it was so beautifully but awkward that
1: one part I do believe happened <laughs> oh no that definitely happened but, but then everything from there following yes um, also I know that Mike I want to mention because he was really excited about Alfred about oh, yeah. so that was like a cool little homage because I'm assuming who comes to get Bruce in that moment? Yes, is in fact Alfred. Alfred. Yes, uh, which was really cool. Going to the music when White Room Cream started playing, I thought that my body was going to give out. I had chills everywhere. Like by the time we get to that with the taxi seat or uh-huh. the car seat,
0: oh my god! Yeah, oh, I you're talking about like, the end and when he's I'm like just being like, carted going
1: off, going in a White Room, and I was like, oh, yes, like t- oh. God, Adam, that part was effing
0: phenomenal. What was so great about that is, like, you're like, who are these people, you know, crashing and, like, rescuing him out of this uh, car? And you realize, um,. You know, it's it's his henchmen. It's it's not only just the origin of the Joker, but we're seeing the origin of Joker henchmen. And I think that is great, because you're always like, you know, in the Batman 66 series, like, who are these people following this dude, and why? Like, do they
1: get a 401k? Like, why are they into it? But I totally believed in all of the chaos that they made. At the end, when all of these people are there, and they're lighting things on fire, and they're yeah. flipping the cars, and they're putting Joker as the martyr on the the car, and they're yeah. doing all that, I'm sitting there thinking... Yeah, I see this. I see that they are freaking on his team and like it wasn't like who are these people? It was like I understand. I understand, base- but
0: I also thought they were assholes. Oh, they're
1: psychotic. They're yeah, I also you, I wasn't like, them.
0: yeah, they're right. I'm like, no, they're totally no, wrong. No,
1: 100%. I just thought that it was it was at that point earned in the movie. It wasn't like, wait a second, these people would never have followed him. It was like, yes. wow, this is what happens. And the, his his see his on the talk show with Robert De Niro. That scene.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, so that was the one scene. I will say, like, man, they are keeping in this scene for a long time.
1: Me too. I am thinking, like, why are we here so long?
0: Yeah, and then obviously it comes to a climax when he takes out Robert De Niro on live air. But uh, and that was one scene that does strain credulity a little bit because you're like, once this guy admits to these murders, come take him off. They would he would be carted out of there so quickly. They would have gotten De Niro and anybody else away so quickly. Do
1: you feel like De Niro believed him though? I don't know if De Niro fully was like, yeah, this actually happened. Because he know, was like, oh, so that was you? Yeah,
0: he takes a, a, a weird switch and becomes this, like, journalist now guy where he's, like, going to get to the bottom of it. I, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was really creepo- creepy. And, like, as I said, because, you know, we've seen Joaquin Phoenix be on these talk shows like Letterman and be really weird. There was a meta aspect of that, too. But... But what you're talking about at the end, when he gets knocked out of the police car and he gets up and he kind of takes the, the the blood and really recreates the, the Joker grin, it was like... Ooh, it was so satisfying, but it was satisfying in a way that I didn't find, like, gleeful. And, like, I'm rooting for him. I'm just like, wow. They they put the cherry on, on top of that Sunday.
1: Sean Cal in Super Chat says, Mother Smother and Joker is born. I thought his relationship with his mom was such a key part to this movie. It, because you're sitting there thinking, like, wow. They kind of, like, really love each other. The whole thing. And yeah. then it just was like, wow.
0: So so then we realize that like it's actually his mother who was mentally ill and was put in a home and that and abused him as a child.
1: What's the name of that actor from um uh um Atlanta who
0: he's Brian Tyree Smith.
1: And when he takes the the file, oh, like that moment. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, the whole thing. A
0: lot of great running.
1: A lot of great running. A lot of great running. The train scene. A lot so, of
0: great laughter in a movie that is not very funny. But the laughter, the way he did the painful laughter. So this guy, he's got this condition, potentially, this neurological condition that he laughs. But he's, Do you think that's real or la- no?
1: Real or no? I think it's real, I think it's real too i
0: but listen i don't want to necessarily I'm not decided on all these thoughts about the movie i you no, know we just
1: saw it one time,
0: right, so like did what even happened at the studio really happen like did he really get caught at the theater and then we pick up in the asylum? did the part in the streets with all those people did he really get busted out of the car? I don't necessarily know yeah. like all that great stuff it's potential it, it it it's meant to because you introduce the unreliable narrator, you have to at least. Accept the possibility that some of those things didn't happen. Right. Like, the scene where he gets carted away, and then he gets broken out by these henchmen. Maybe
1: that didn't happen? Or every time he's getting abused by random people in the train, the way that he sees it take place. To his point of view. Right. Like, is that really how this went down? I'm so not certain.
0: Exactly. So, those are some of the details, which is why I... I can't wait to see this film again. I'm going to see it with my girlfriend again. Um, and there's a lot to choose Not up. a very
1: romantic film, I will say. No, honestly. but
0: she doesn't go to any comic book movie, so I got to take it where I can get yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. Usually <laughs> I have to go with just my friends. Um, but I, I really did... Um, I would say the film certainly met my expectations, oh, maybe, maybe one, even superseded them. The
1: one thing that we're not talking about oh. at all, either, is all of the scenes with the little person. And oh, my
0: God. Oh, the clowns. The his clowns. other The clowns that he works with.
1: Adam? Yeah. That was that was brilliant, though, because I just, like, uh, 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 I felt, so, I have never dug my nails into you more oh, when so I was just, like, oh. deliciously uncomfortable, uh, yeah. Like... But I, I love, in his mind, he does have this, like, moral, co- you've always been nice to me. Yeah. Like, wh- what the actual. Yeah, at least at
0: that point. Because it does seem that he keeps escalating. Escalating,
1: yeah. But at that point, he's like. Yeah. But, but at no point is he like, don't tell anybody. no, like, no. 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 no.
0: No, he, he knows, in fact, when he's going on De Niro's show, he knows he's getting caught. Like, he just, he wants to get away from these cops just to get, they, he knows that they're onto him for this murder that he did. Um, and, and, the, and and also the idea that, it you know, we heard that this is not based on any comics. Clearly there's at least portion of this based on Killing Joke, joke because yeah. he's trying to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Like, that's where that was introduced.
1: And all of that stuff was really interesting watching him prep for that and what we thought was going to be his joke on stage. And
0: also so great in that, like, in that seeing the uh, unreliable narrator we see him bomb but then we also see him kind of do well but that didn't really happen. He yeah. <laughs> didn't really do well. Uh,
1: for people asking in the chat, no, there is no post-credit scene. I made everybody stay, even though I we didn't think there was going to be one. No,
0: but great, good music, and definitely there's enough to digest that you kind of want to let Sit it... Sit
1: there for a second. Let it, let it
0: pour over you. Uh, in the next week, I'm sure you guys are going to see this film, so we want to continue You to... guys have
1: probably already seen it. Yeah, to, so... Are we done with the spoiler portion of this? Yeah, yeah, we're done okay. with the spoiler portion. done with the spoilers. We're done with the spoilers. We are back. No more spoilers. Uh... Adam, if you had to... Out of
0: 10. Oh, did we just get an exclusive right here? I think Ryan's trying to tell us that Rachel Maddow just joined the CW's Batwoman.
1: No way. Not to
0: bring it back to TV time. But, but yeah, that's okay. So, this is coming from THR. Apparently Rachel Maddow has a recurring role oh, on CW's Batman. As a journalist? As a as a reporter. Can I
1: tell you guys how much I love Rachel Maddow? Yeah, she's great. I, I can't even explain to you how much I love Rachel Maddow. It's like one of the sole things that Grammy, Popo and I will all sit and watch together. And Aww. maybe this will make them watch Batwoman. This just made my life.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Batwoman's coming soon. So, I listen, CW always delivers strong first seasons. They kind of just peter out sometimes after that. But um, I'm excited for Batwoman. My question
1: for you, though, Adam, if you had to right now, again, this could change. Uh-huh. Going back to The Joker, still non-spoiler. Okay. One to ten. What are you giving this?
0: Oh, I'm giving this film a strong nine.
1: I would agree with that. I would give this a nine also. The other question being asked of me. Prior to this going in, I know Heath Ledger was your favorite Joker. Yes. Do you feel like you are able to at this moment say Heath Ledger or Joaquin Phoenix?
0: I think at this moment I'm still feeling Heath Ledger because it's like I'm so disturbed by this Joker. I don't want it to be my favorite of anything. Like to, I, I know thought Heath Ledger's Joker was so fantastic, but it, this version makes that look like a comic book version of a character. Yeah. Yes. Like I agree this with is that. so this is really twists the knife in and not like a fun way. Like you're not watching, this isn't Mark Hamill's Joker, which is a great Joker. But it's
1: crazy how I had an easier time comparing all other Jokers, even though they're so different than this Joker to them. It's like a completely different tone, vibe, everything. Like, I just, I, I'm having this a hard time is, This is,
0: as far as performance goes, though, this is a deeper performance. It's a more emotional performance. He's carrying the entire film, I think. Um, well, he's
1: in almost every single frame of the movie.
0: It, 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 I heard some other people say, this isn't my quote, but like, if he doesn't win the award for best actor, he could certainly win the award for most actor. There is a <laughs> lot of acting going on in this. Yeah, there really um, is. Some people will see it as From overacting. You start to finish. You know? I don't know, but From start to finish. I thought it was phenomenal.
1: All right. I guess that means we gotta get out of here
0: reach out to us you can find me on the uh, social media forums at Adam Gertler I'd love to hear what people think about this film it's a debate guys nobody's right nobody's wrong listen to each other don't hate Roxy what do you got to tell people
1: uh, I'm everywhere at Roxy Stryer. In case you love DC, which you do because you're watching this, I just did the VO for a show on Screen Junkies called Power Levels where they compare all of the different Batmans and we had a physicist come in and tell us which one would win in a fight between mm. all the Batmans. So uh, that, that's really cool. I'm not telling you, uh, but you're not wrong, not right, wrong, whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, Go check out Power <laughs> Levels because it's awesome. And the animation is Actually the sickest thing I've ever seen. Uh, Also, all over Collider Live, uh, Screen Junkies Universe, The Tomorrow Show on Wednesday nights, and everywhere at AfterBuzz TV as well.
0: Busy girl. Mike Kalinowski's at Mike Kalinowski. Johnny LaQuasto is At at John Quasto. At John Quasto. And we'll see you next time on DC Movie News. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk
1: Network. The views expressed herein are those of the host only. It not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.